0: is Greener Grass, a podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wee and Kelly McVeigh. I hope you're doing well out there this week. If you check the show notes, there are links for discounts at both Vibrant Body Company and Hugh and Grace. Check that out if you're interested. And then also a link to receive our newsletter every other week. Today we have Madame Athena Chang. She is a health wellness professional and just if you ask me, a tall, a tall drink of water to listen to because she just has an amazing fresh perspective and I just, I just love her perspective. And um, yeah, her and Kelly have a great interview. So let's get started. Shh. Today, um, here with Greener Grass, I have had
1: the privilege and the honor to meet some amazing people in my life. And I think it's because I'm so drawn to people and I love people so much that I like to dive in to people's energy and what they bring into the world. And today, I have such a special guest, someone that Um, I think anyone that has met her before, when she comes into the room, you feel her energy, you feel her presence. And really, she so is intentional about feeling your energy and presence. And I feel like that's one of the things that really, really drew me to her in a million different ways. But also, it was a really kind of a tricky time in my life. And I was kind of in a place where I was unsure of the direction I was going personally. And I think when you're struggling personally, then you can have some moments where you're trying to figure out, you know, your life and business too. So I have Madam Athena Chang here today. And I think that there's probably some people out there that just heard that and got really, really excited. I'm (laughs) so honored that you are, are with us today. And so really, so, you know, um, our story and why we started this, you know, we dived in my partner, Carrie, she lives in LA and she became a professional dancer and we hadn't seen each other for years. And when we started chatting again, we started talking about how she was kind of looking at my life. Like, I wish I had children. I wish I had a little bit more financial stability. And I was looking at her like, wow, I, I wish I had become a professional dancer and traveled the world. And through the journey of us, you know, starting to talk through that, it was that we're always looking at everyone else's greener grass and really it's diving into our journey, our path, you know, what we learn along the way. And I think by diving into people's stories, we also learn about ourselves. And so this is really just diving into what made you, you, learning more about your path. And I think the people that we always choose to be on here are extraordinary and have amazing life values that come to be from all of those conversations. So that's, that's what this is about today.
2: Yeah. So welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. And um, love, love, love the story behind why you created this podcast. And the truth is that we can change our path at any given moment. So whenever we hear, oh, we wish we had, why not? You know, yes. there is nothing that you you start on one course and you have to stick to that course. That's the beauty of life, right? That we can change course at any given time. And we were not necessarily placed here to travel down one path. We might have that same purpose that ties all those paths together, but we can switch course in any given moment. So...
1: I think that's such a good reminder. And I think that that feels really scary and hard for people to do, but it is the thing that, you know, brings happiness, I think, in a lot of ways and keeps us moving through this incredible journey we're all on. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about you. I mean, even whatever you want to share, but, you know, even from where you grew up and, you know growing up, you know, what things from your childhood and growing up, you know, kind of led you to who you are and, and what you do today?
2: Absolutely. So I'll start with my name, which is often a source of confusion for many people. So I always start with my story from that space and the name that was given to me by my dad. So Madame is my first name. It's not a title. And, um, my dad gave me madame because there was this woman that he was very close to that he considered a second mom. And I was born a few um, days or close to the time that she passed away. So it was to, um, carry on her legacy. Um, and so, you know, sometimes people think it's a title, but that's truly my name. But most people call me those, especially who've known me for a very, very long time, Athena which, um, you know, for a long time until I was raised, I was born in Jamaica um, and at age six, um, moved to the U.S. and I was raised by my paternal grandmother and i have been called Athena all of my life until I went through the process of becoming a citizen in my 20s in the U.S. and then realized wait hold on my name is not Athena Madame Chang but Madame Athena Chang and then Chang is always a source of confusion for many because they see a black woman and she's enter- entered the room with the last name Chang and they're like, "Where does that come from?" And that speaks to my Chinese um lineage on my father's side, where my paternal um, grandfather came to jamaica from china. um And when I speak of my beginnings, I believe that they formed and in you know informed just the way I move through this world and see life. Um, I start from started from very simple beautiful, humble beginnings. My father was a farmer and in the community that we lived in Jamaica, we grew up without um running water or electricity. And I always say that we went to the bed to bed when the sun set and we rose when the sun rised. And our light, artificial light at night was a kerosene lamp. I and mean, my dad was such a simple man that even when electricity came to our community, which by that time I was living in the U.S. with my grandmother, he fought electricity. He, it wasn't something that he wanted. He loved the simplicity of life. And when he passed away in 2011, everything that he owned fit into one chester drawer and the drawers are still empty. And so when I look at life, I think that we can make it a lot more complex than it than it really is, which can create a lot of anxiety for people. And i as I've moved along in my journey, I carry my father within me. And as I get older, I really see that sometimes those things that we take so seriously are really not that serious. And sometimes within this Western U.S. lifestyle that we live, we're so far ahead of ourselves that we're not really in the present moment. And when you are so far ahead, life can seem even more, I I put that in quotes, scary or daunting. But if you come to this present moment, it really is not that complex. It's really quite simple.
1: Okay. I mean, I I feel like I should just let you talk the entire time because I, I, this is exactly why I wanted you. I mean, first of all, I love that you explained your name. And I love that you kind of draw in the fact that you were, you were raised here in the U S but that you automatically went back to your heritage, to simplicity, to what your father taught you in those ways is something that I feel like is special. And it's true that I feel like we get caught up so much in today and moving forward and next, next, next. And there's something, um, just so, so true to everything that you just said about simplicity and beginnings and how you started in that way. Did you feel like your heritage was more important to you because you, um, moved and you were with your grandmother?
2: My heritage is extremely important to me because I would say that for a big portion of my life when I was younger, so from the time I came to U.S. when I was six years old, and I would say from six to about my junior year in high school, I was very ashamed of my beginnings, right? It was something that I wanted to rid myself of. Because again, we're impacted by what the outside um, world or the culture that you are um, living in, what they dictate and what is thought of as progressive or not progressive. And because I became, I came from very humble beginnings, beginnings, I hid a big part of my story for many people when I began to step into myself junior year in high school because I received a scholarship. I, was, I grew up in Harlem in terms of when I relocated to the United States, Harlem, New York. And again, though that way of living was also very humble in its own way. And I received a scholarship to uh, attend an all girls boarding school, Ms. Porter's High School. And my life changed in terms of environment. But I stepped into a space where there were a lot of people from very wealthy families. And so I had a big part of my background. I remember when I used to tell the story of where I was from in Jamaica, we had a tank in the back of our house where we stored water, right? A cement tank that was built almost like a little swimming pool. And That's where we, the water fell from the sky, landed in, or sometimes we during drought times, we had deliveries, but that's the water that we drank, the water that we bathed with, the water that we cooked with. And I remember sharing with people that I had a swimming pool. I didn't share that that was a tent, right? And that was a byproduct of how ashamed I was. And I hid that I grew up without electricity. I hid the fact that my father was a farmer. And so when you walk around ashamed of your background and when you start to come into yourself, right? And you realize that background is such a powerful part of your story. And so it's a source of power, not a source to be guilty of, Coming into that self and realizing that even as I maneuver this life, when I go back to the source of who I am, right, I see it as a part of my superpower and that I never leave that self behind and I never hide that story. When you embrace your story, you can live with transparency where you can just show up as yourself and who you are, I recognize that I carry my father within me as well. This well, is such an
1: important part because I think that there are so many people that are running from exactly what you're saying and well, and your beginnings are obviously extraordinary, but I think in some ways we're all running from something in our childhood or the town we grew up in or what we thought we were and what we want to be or what we actually are and what we want to be. I think we're always running from that. And I think all of this that you're saying, even for myself, which is every conversation I've ever had with you is such kind of an aha moment that, you know, being okay or not even just being okay with, with it, but that it is powerful where you yeah. came from is powerful. And I didn't mean Absolutely. to interrupt.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's go back and forth. Let's do it. But it and even the parts of our story that are traumatic or what we see as more challenging is also an important and powerful part of our story. And when you can embrace it and see that those pieces has informed exactly where you sit today. And that's, that's the piece about changing course, right? And so when I look at my life and the roadmap, it's not always been easy. And because I come from that, I understand the power I have to change course at every, at any given moment and to not be afraid, right? As, as well as, when we stop locking into what we see as material successes in life, right? So when we see, all right, say that you're within a company and you are trying to so-called climb that ladder within that company and you're still motivated from that and you're defining where you're at in life by those material and those outer accomplishments, right? It has a hold on you. And if you're ever without that or those pieces that define you, so-called career in life, if you were to remove that, who are you and how do you feel about yourself? Those things don't define who you are. It's really about the being that you are detached by all of these external things that so many use to define themselves. When people introduce themselves, right? Sometimes it's about, and I'm glad we didn't start at that place. What do you do? Oh, you know? Right. What is your t- and, and And that's not who you are. That might be some way that you are, you know, are, or a thing that you are doing in this moment in your life, but it's not who you are.
1: Okay, I love this. All right, so tell me one question because I said that I think people sometimes are running from where they were to the next thing, but that how is there a difference between that and just changing course? It's really, I yes. guess, the mindset of knowing, being okay with where you're at and it's not yes. running from it, but it's taking what you know and your experiences and where you're at and moving through to where your path goes next.
2: Yes. And I believe it's about being intuitive and being able to listen, right? Internally. When it's time for you to change course, if you're listening to that internal voice, you know that it's time. And it can start with unrest. And if you find yourself in that place, where there is so much unrest, right? Where sometimes people don't want to be in that space at all. You know, it's your internal compass and your gauge. Okay, there's unrest there. What's creating that? And what do I have to shift and change in my life? And the ability to listen and then to see whether or not there's fear that's kicking in. That's keeping you in a certain place even when you know. And it's not just a place. It can be a relationship. When you know that it's something that you, it's time to release it, but you might be afraid to shift course. And isn't shifting course, it's not just one aspect of your life. It's the entire thing. Change is inevitable. And whether or not you can embrace that change and not be afraid to change is central to how we walk this path we call life.
1: Okay, beautiful. And I, I'm this is one that I'll listen to probably at least once a week. <laughs> this is what <laughs> I need. Okay, so tell me, because speaking of change and like a different trajectory in life, you know, you are in Harlem, I'm sure as a young girl, and I'm putting words in your mouth, but you can say that being far away from home, um, maybe maybe there was some excitement, but also some sadness to leave behind, you know, family members and what you, you knew as, you know, your world around you. When you, you know, got the acceptance into that school, was it obviously a huge change in your world, but was this, okay, this is my stepping stone or was was it scary? Like, how did that moment feel and how old were you when that big change happened? And do you feel like that is a big part of what helped you change um, your course?
0: So I um,
2: stepped into a new way, a new environment at age 14, entering Miss Porter's. And at that time, from, and, and I'll just, before I hit that moment, I'll talk about my transition from Jamaica to Harlem, New York. So coming from a place where I was surrounded by nature, the mountains, right. And transitioning in 1980, Um, to Harlem, and where where I grew up, was a tenement building right in front of the upground number one train on 125th Street on Broadway. And it was night and day in terms of that transition from a country, natural way of being, to a city life that was very loud and very concrete. And although I left Jamaica, Jamaica never left me. I still lur- yearned for a much quieter life, um, a, a much na- a more natural life. And so when I got accepted into Miss Porter's, which was in Farmington, Connecticut, and, you know, where there was greenery and trees around me, for me, I thought I was being saved from a life that I did not like which was my life in Harlem, New York, and an environment at that time that I couldn't see the pluses of that environment. So when you talked about a running away, I feel that I was a running away from the environment that I lived in and couldn't appreciate in that moment. And I saw it as stepping into a new life that I could be a different person. And that was where... That lack of self acceptance came in at that period in my life, and so I hid a big part of who I was. Like the people called me Smiley. <laughs> That's the the crossing guard gave me gave me that nickname. So on I the love outside, <laughs> <laughs> on the outside, I mean, I was happy to be there. There was a lot of beauty in in being there, but. At the same time, I felt like I needed to hide a part of myself. If I could have been at a different place in my my development where I could step into that environment, appreciating what that environment had to offer, but fully accepting myself, that would have been a perfect fusion. But the thing is that we can never undo our journey and we're on that journey and at that place in our life for a reason. And so Ms. Porter's was a very happy place for me. Um, and I was walking around with rose-colored glasses without seeing certain aspects that needed shifting and changing, meaning that I was stepping into a world that I was assimilating in, into, as opposed to stepping in as myself. And also allowing that environment to shift and change to who I am and what I brought to the table. And I didn't reach that until my junior year in terms of my evolution, where I was desiring being able to be my true self in an environment that could embrace that true self. And so by junior year, I started to shift and change where an environment that I was so happy to be in, I knew that I needed more than that environment and that I needed to also be able to to show that environment, my background, who I was as a black young woman within a predominantly white environment without assimilating into that environment. And I know that this discussion is very layered and I don't want to go into places that 40 minutes doesn't take up. But I say this, that, that Ms. Portis had beautiful things to offer and shaped who I am today. And that part of my journey was crucial and important, and I'm still connected to Miss Porter's today. I actually um, went back and did a talk and I worked, especially when the pandemic hit within that community, as well, doing um, keynotes and 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 um, workshops um, that deal with identity, and especially when it comes to race, right? Very, very powerful because Miss Porter's has evolved as well. Right, in terms of being more conscious. And when I go back and have gone back to Miss Porters in terms of where Miss Porter's at, I'm blown away in terms of the type of discussions that happen on that campus and that it is it has grown where it's not as homogeneous. And, and where people can be themselves and show up them, as themselves. And it's not about assimilating into a dominant culture, but a fusion, right? Of ver- people who come from various walks of life and identify in various ways. And so I say this to say that Miss Porter's was a beautiful part of my experience informed every part of our journey, informs who we are, right? And it was a different way of experiencing life that was different from Jamaica, that was different from Harlem, right? Then on to Connecticut. And then all the pieces that followed after. And the pieces that followed after was a level of consciousness about who I am. And so whatever environment, I brought, that I stepped into, I can bring who I am into that environment as well, which makes the journey more powerful so that I'm not running. And this is back to the running, right? You're not running away from yourself. You're bringing yourself into whatever piece or part of the journey that you're in. And when you've embraced that self, it is so much more powerful because you are walking the path of whatever you was placed on this earth to do. There's no running away from, but taking what whatever you've experienced, and you're bringing that with you, and you've been, because you fully embraced it. And you're walking so, to whatever path it is, or whatever lies ahead. And that never stops in this physical reality. We never arrive at a destination. We're always moving towards it. Do you think, because I, I heard you mention a few things,
1: you're obviously very aware of your evolution, what led you here today. Do you worry You mentioned identity and I think in the world of social media and, you know, our children growing up within TikTok and all things that their true selves and their identities, I think can be lost in what they think they should be or what they want to be opposed to loving where they're at and their evolution and their identity. Do you think that that is... Something that is a huge problem in today's world?
2: Well, I believe that there's a lot more consciousness around that, right? Which is beautiful to see that there is more talk um, about embracing, belonging, accepting, not assimilating, um, and connecting with and that's whomever because you know and and that's to talk about are we our identity or however we identify but our identity informs our experience in this world the body the physical body that we're walking in in it informs our experiences and we and we can't erase that um and it doesn't have to be a negative thing Um, And you don't have to identify as whether that be gender or what have you, you don't have to, you know, it's whether or not for you personally, like personally, I identify as a black woman. And it's powerful to me, but that's me personally, that identity is important to me. But. Some people, that's not important um, too, and so we can't put that on people either, you know. Um, And so I'm a spiritual being as well that doesn't necessarily have that identity, but it's the fusion of both that's important to me. If that makes sense to you, it does.
1: (laughs) I love this. Okay. So after Mrs. Port, where, where did your life lead you and you know, what was the next, I, I feel like we don't have very much time. I don't even know yeah. what to ask next. We might have to do a, we might have to do a second episode and who knows when, but keep going. I, I mean, what, what was next? And even to where you are today, I mean, I feel like I obviously have watched you speak before women and men, I'm sure are drawn to you. I love that you go back to your community and you help in that way. That is who you are. I feel like, and I think because you show up um, proud of who you are and you walk into a room that way, I think it even allows people to work to see that in themselves.
2: So, in terms of just where am I at, you know, at 48 years of age, um, which is such a beautiful and powerful to, place to be, I see my transition and movement towards at some point taking a seat at the elder table, right? And when I say the elder table, is your lived experience and life. As you move along, adding to that wisdom, right? And that place where there is just a sitting and a being as opposed to it being a focus on the doing part of your life. Right. So I'm in in motion still doing. Um and I and in terms of work, which I've always seen as my life's work and have been very conscious of it from very young, I I work within the wellness, mindfulness, um, and racial healing space. And I support various entities and individuals within this space. And the way that I've done this work. Has changed through the course of my life, but definitely I see my life moving towards that space where eventually there might not be as much movement in terms of what I am doing within that work career space, and that I'm just sitting in it. I'm being, <laughs> um, if, if that makes sense at all, Kelly. So it's it's not supporting various companies or individuals, but I might be just waking up every day, walking out on my farmland and picking that piece of fruit. And my my world is fulfilled in that moment and there's nothing else on the agenda. And so I've been actively working towards creating that. So I just recently became a guardian of farmland in Costa Rica. Um, and. um, I'm shifting, so I'll be between the States and Costa Rica and moving back into farming, which is where I began with my father. This is beautiful. Um, I (laughs) love
1: this. I love this.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, I will continue to support the entities that I support here, one of which is the Racial Healing Foundation, an amazing Racial Healing Foundation, um, and begin moving out of the pandemic where people are a lot more confident Um, With traveling, moving back into spaces where I am doing my wellness and detox retreats, which I am actually building um, and creating a space within Costa Rica outside of the farmland that's close to the sea. And so moving back into that space, of my life where people, because I'm also big on traveling and removing yourself from the physical environment that you know, this world is so fast and so big and being a part of people's journey in regards to that and rolling out my detox wellness retreats that's embedded into tapping into purpose. Um And so that's on the horizon horizon as well. So I'm making that shift this summer in terms of being between Costa Rica, the U.S., and St. Lucia, where I also implement my wellness retreats as well. So that speaks a little. I know we haven't caught up in a lot. I know. I love time. all of
1: this. I mean, yes. i I think it so embraces all that I know about you and I mean I just I can't even say how much I love the fact that you you live in your purpose like your work is isn't work I'm sure it is work to you but (laughs) I feel like you live every day in your purpose and your gifts and what you are meant to bring to the world and you do it in such a I'm trying to think of the word at ease. There's such ease about the way you show up and the way that you do the things that you do. And, you know, even with our community, as you start to put together those health and wellness retreats and detox, and I might've said it incorrectly, I know how important that is to you. And I know how knowledgeable you are about that space And, you know, I'd love to share information when you have it all put together, but I feel like I love that you have um, kind of a a home base in a sense that you're going back to the roots of who you are and it's all going to come together as one.
2: Absolutely, and and it's just continually being open. Again, I'm very aware it has been of my, at my in regards to my purpose, but I've been very open, and I actively listen to how do I stay in alignment with my purpose at that given time in my life, and what way do I do my work? And it's funny because I thought that I would be shifting back to St. Lucia which is where my husband is from. And we were living 12 years ago. Um, And I thought that would be, we would be going back to St. Lucia now. And it it was a birthday trip, weekend trip to Costa Rica two years ago that, um, or actually a year and something ago, not even two years, um, less than a year and a half that shifted course. And, when I landed in St. Lucia, the morning that I woke up the next day, I knew that I was supposed to live a part of my journey there. And I shifted and found land within four days. So that is the beauty and the power of life. And, and I, I believe in leaping all the time. If, Intuitively, it's like a feeling. It's it's like your heart starts beating when I know that something is right, and I go with it. And you and listen, yes, you listen to I it, listen. and you do it, yes, absolutely. And sometimes when you hesitate, it means that the moment is not is not right yet. You know, sometimes where you know when I talked about that space of unrest. The space of of unrest does not mean that you make that change in that very moment, because sometimes we're just not ready or we haven't learned whatever it is that we're supposed to learn or gather from that space that's not completely fulfilling. And so sometimes we have to hang out in that space for a bit, and that is okay, because it's in that moment of unrest, or sometimes in our darkest moments, that we truly learn what we're supposed to learn or that lesson. And it's okay to be in that space for a while. But when you know, when it's time, you know it's time to exit because you can no longer be there. Right.
1: Right. Which is kind of where you were, where, where I was at when I first, um, met you. Feeling Absolutely. like I knew it was time and it was time to make that shift and leap. Um. And so I value that you came into my world in that time too. Well, I really actually would love to have you on when you put together um, what you're, you know, for us to share so that, you know, anyone that wants to dive in and learn more about everything you're putting together in that space of health and detox, but... To wrap up today, is there anything, I mean, there are so many amazing life nuggets from this, from to the power of your beginnings and honoring it and knowing it and using it and and knowing your identity and representing that, but also being open to shifting course and being brave enough to listen to that heartbeat and leap. Is there anything that you want to leave us with today? And knowing that I'm definitely going to check on you to have you back. <laughs> definitely.
2: Yes. It's, 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 I think it's the way I began. is to run, remind ourselves that life is really quite simple. And there are moments when I find myself like contemplating or thinking really hard on something and taking th- taking that thing so seriously or taking myself so seriously that I actually pause and I sit back and laugh. I step outside of it. I step outside of myself and I remind myself of the fact. And again, that's what I'm leaving you with today. Life is truly quite simple. It is,
1: and that was so beautiful. And it's it really is. um, One of the things I've learned from doing this is the universe almost puts in place some of the things I need to hear in the moments of doing the even this podcast that I reached out to you. We've talked multiple times, but I needed to hear some of the things that you said today and remind myself of some of those things and. I so value your friendship, your presence in my life. And I just think you are the most beautiful soul. And so oh. I, I can't wait to bring this to the listeners, but also um, I would love for us to connect soon. And I, I will, I know you, from everything that you just shared, there's so much coming in your world, but I'd love even to share that with our community when that all comes to play. So thank you so much for being on today. And we will take all of this. I will take all of this. And I'm going to remember even this coming week, the simplicity of life and even my beginnings. And and I hope that others are reminded of that as well today. So thank you so much for being on.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And keep doing your thing, Kelly, as you always do. (laughs) Keep doing your thing.
1: I I love that you were on today. I appreciate you so much. Um, You have no idea how much I appreciate (laughs) you doing this. It was everything I dreamed it to be, of course. And let's let's actually connect soon. I'm
2: so excited for you about this new journey. Yes. Keep in touch, Kelly. Okay?
1: Okay. I promise I will. Okay,
0: take care. Now. Okay. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Madame Athena, for being here and inspiring us and giving us some things to think about, how to improve our our uh, outlook on life and our daily lives. And uh listeners, if you go to the show notes, there for you is a link to receive our newsletter and also links to discounts at Vibrant Body Company and at Hue and Grace where Kelly works. And uh, we really appreciate you. Please honor us with a five-star rating and a review anywhere you get your podcasts. It really helps us grow this audience. And have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. This is Greener Grass.